my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of The Mark Moss Show, where we talk about Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies and the decentralized revolution that is happening right now. Whether you like it or not, whether you're paying attention or not, <laughs> I guess ready or not, here it comes because it is here. Now, uh, I try to bring to you a wide range of information. I try to build your education base so you can understand what's going on. I try to bring you the latest breaking news so you can be up to date on what's going on. And, you know, so you can sound like the smartest person at your party this weekend. Um, so you know what's going on. And then, of course, uh, try to bring some interesting people to talk to as well. And uh, there's no shortage of stuff to talk about each and every week because this young market is moving so fast. Uh, one of the bright up-and-coming stars in the space that has been reporting about this is Natalie Brunel. I have her in the studio with me today. Natalie, thanks so much for joining me. Well, those are some kind words. Thanks so much for having me. It's nice to be in person, too. Yeah, so fun to be in the studio doing this. I know, um, you know, you had a you had a career before Bitcoin in um, investigative journalism. That's right. Uh, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and now you're kind of bringing that into the space, which is cool. And uh, and uh, I love the perspective that you've been doing. So great to have you here. If you're not following Natalie on uh, online, then you definitely should. You can find her on Twitter at Nat, N-A-T, Brunel, B-R-U-N-E-L-L, at, at Nat Brunel. 
And um, Natalie, a lot of stuff going on in, in, in the space today. Um, one of the things that I think is like the biggest story, because I look at the world and the world, anyone, you're from Poland. So mm-hmm. you, this, this affects you more, but I think anybody can see that the world is kind of trending towards totalitarianism. Mm-hmm. Um, Poland's trying to stay out of communism, but the rest of the world yeah. seems to be rushing into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think about, you know, technology is creating this like perfect prison for them. And how does that trend break? And I constantly say it's through competition. Mm-hmm. And um, so when I see like El Salvador coming online um, and taking taking Bitcoin, I think, wow, this is the competition we're talking about, right? It's cool to see um, Texas and Florida outcompete California and New York, but now we have nations outcompeting. Um, and then this week uh, we saw, so so I think as Bitcoiners, we're all looking at like, what's the next nation going to yeah. be, right? Which one's going to be the next one to drop? And so this week we saw, uh, well, last week I reported that, um, I, I reported that the central bank of Russia said that they should ban all cryptocurrencies. Right. Right. Um, they said that it was a risk to their financial system. Mm-hmm. Right. But now this week um, we see Putin says, so the central bank is kind of like the U.S. a little bit in the sense where they're a little bit different. So the central bank said that, but now Putin and the government mm-hmm. saying they want to bring Bitcoin mining in. Yeah. You've been uh, watching that story kind of develop? Yeah, I think it's fascinating. First of all, when the central bank said it wants to ban the cryptocurrencies and it's it it always comes from the position right of protecting the investors. It's sure. volatile, but really it's to protect themselves, right? right. So, um, I thought it was fascinating to see Vladimir Putin diverge from that and see that through technology this could actually be a competitive advantage because they've got freezing temperatures in parts of that area. Mm-hmm. They have uh, low energy costs since that's that's where the the oil is. And so, you know, it'd be fascinating to see if they went into this space. Like today he came out and said that he wants to tax Bitcoin mining. He doesn't want to ban it. So um, especially now with all the geopolitical issues that are happening there, I think that if he were to become pro-Bitcoin, I mean, this could really shift the dynamics of the space a lot. I mean, I think that nations need to see this as a, as an advantage. If you are pro Bitcoin, this could, you know, as far as the technology that can that can allow you to, you know, form some sort of economic power. I think they they aren't even harnessing that potential, and I, yeah. I, I think it'll change. Yeah, it said here that uh, Putin on Wednesday meeting with government officials acknowledged the central bank's position. Mm-hmm. I, I I hear what you're saying. But he highlighted that Russia had some competitive advantages to mining Bitcoin, given its power surplus, kind of mm-hmm. the point that you just said. Um, and what's interesting about that is um, there's this whole thing going on with, well, Russia and Europe and then with Ukraine. And um, Europe has really put themselves in a, in a hard place because they've shut down all their energy, mm-hmm. like literally. And now they're begging Russia for energy. And when you look at Russia, really all they have is energy. And mm-hmm. so... Part of the, you know, part of the thing with Russia is they're kind of, the world wants to say that uh, they may be falling behind because all their economy is built on fossil fuels mm-hmm. and we have to end fossil fuels and um, we need to go to green renewable energy. And so all of your natural gas and oil is going to be worthless in the future. I don't believe that. That's why mm-hmm. I say it. That's why I say it with a sarcastic tone. Yeah. Um, but so when you look at Russia, if they really believe that, which they probably don't, they're also going, shoot, our only real productive value is with our energy that's dying. Mm-hmm. So maybe we do need to find a way to turn it into something else like mm-hmm. Bitcoin. So they can take all this yeah. energy, which people exactly. say, uh, well, the world's going to use less 
oil and natural gas in the future. Again, I don't believe that, but they say that it's going to happen. And so Putin might say, well, shoot, then let's take what we have and turn into something the world wants. Right. Yeah. You know, it's it's interesting how we're sort of backing ourselves into a corner, too, uh, in the U.S. with the ESG, because we, we're dependent on We need oil. We yeah. still need um, the fossil fuels at this point, and especially with inflation ramping up. Did you see that, you know, oil is hitting $88 a barrel, could hit $100? I mean, this is suffocating some nations, yeah. in, especially in Eastern Europe. And we saw Kazakhstan, like the Internet shutdowns, yeah. the mining shutdowns, which I'm surprised haven't even affected the hash rate that much. We're yeah. still back at all, all time highs almost. Um, you know, I, I don't know how this is going to play out, but obviously the fear is that Russia is going to invade Ukraine. You you and I probably have different opinions on that. You think you think that the country might. Yeah, I, I just don't. I think that there's too much at stake here. I don't you know, I don't see them going through with their threat of of actually pulling them off the SWIFT system. I just think there's so much going on. And, you know, and look, consumers and people, the energy users, us, everyone is left holding the bag for all of these crises that are created by central governments. Yeah. Well, yeah. And that's uh, the segment before this. That's what I was talking about. Everyone's watching the Federal Reserve mm-hmm. and we're all waiting to see. But like we're all at their whim. We don't know what they're going to exactly. do. And, and, and they're creating all these problems for us. Um, but back to this, what I liked uh, on this article is he said, uh, well, actually, so the central bank said that they should ban it mm-hmm. um, because it undermines their financial system. Meaning uh, if you don't use our money, we can't control you. That's what they're really saying. Mm-hmm. So let me uh, that, that's my uh, translating Russian for you. <laughs> when they say that, when uh, when uh, Christine Lagarde from the ECB says it, yes. when Hillary Clinton comes out and says it, and they mm-hmm. say it undermines the financial system, mm-hmm. what it puts the financial system at risk. What they mean is, if you don't use our financial system, then we can't regulate you. Right. It's kind of like um, if we were uh, having a party here in this studio, Laura probably wouldn't like it so much. But if we were having a party here in the studio, we had a bunch of people, and then uh, Laura's like, "Hey, you guys are too loud. Get out of it. You know, sh- quiet, quiet, quiet." And everybody starts leaving to a different studio. Eventually, she's the only one left here in the studio. Right. And now she can't control anything because no exactly. one's here and we're all in our own studio doing what we yeah. want. And so that's kind of the way the financial system is as well, where it's like, as long as we're all in their financial system, they can they can control us. Mm-hmm. But if they start kicking people out and mm-hmm. we all start leaving, then they have no control. Exactly. And so that's what they mean. And then they say, well, then that's a, that's a problem for the financial stability because if we can't control the money supply, how can we control the financial system? Yeah. Yeah, that's the whole point. Exactly. Exactly. Well, and, and it's interesting to see that. Um, I mean, Bitcoin has been mined. It's the third largest country. I believe Russia has the third largest uh, share of the hash rate. So clearly this is like a huge industry there. And I think they see the advantage of, you know, proposing something like taxing it, regulating it instead of banning it because they need it. And yeah. they have the energy there where it could be extremely economically advantageous for them, yeah. especially when things arise like this, like being cut off from the the system at large. Um, and, you know, it's interesting to think, you know, just about everything that's happening and like Russia and China are sort of frenemies, right? In the sense that they both don't like the United States. And uh, I just I wonder what's going to play out, because then on the other side, you also have is China going to eventually invade Taiwan? I mean, all these geopolitical things that are coming together, yeah. the monetary system, you know, the, the blood that's running through these veins. Yeah. Like what? And, and the shift that you talk about, this monetary reset that we're yeah. about to see and it's all playing out. And then we're just waiting on bated breath to, to know what Jay Powell is going <laughs> to yeah. say and how it's going to affect Bitcoin's price. Yeah. <laughs> I saw the Russian Ministry of Finance said that the. That uh, they suggested that they 
that a move of banning it could backfire and lead to a stalled Russia in terms of innovation. So they seem to get it. Um, by the way, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. Uh, we're talking about Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies and the decentralized revolution. I'm in the studio with Natalie Brunel. You can find her on Twitter at Nat Brunel. We're talking about Bitcoin. Uh, we're talking about some of the latest breaking news headlines to keep you up to date. I'm going to be back with more in just a second. Don't go away. All right. Welcome back. You are listening to The Mark Moss Show, and we're talking about Bitcoin and the decentralized revolution that's happening. I'm in the studio today with uh, Nat Brunel, Natalie Brunel. You can find her on Twitter at Nat Brunel, B-R-U-N-E-L-L. And we're talking about some of the latest breaking news that's going on. And we were just talking about before the break how um, the Central Bank of Russia said they may want to ban Bitcoin mining. Um, but now um, Vladimir Putin, the president, is saying that they actually may want to do Bitcoin mining. And Natalie was kind of making the case of China kicked all their Bitcoin mining out of the country. Mm-hmm. And uh, Russia and the United States became big beneficiaries of that. Mm-hmm. And um, the United States has become the largest Bitcoin mining space. And now Russia is, I think, third, right? Yeah, Kazakhstan's two. Kazakhstan's uh, two, which maybe they want to control Kazakhstan mm-hmm. as well, right? <laughs> um, and so it's interesting. A lot of people have speculated that maybe there is going to be this, this, hash, this hash race. Uh, yeah. When we say hash, that's the computer power that mines Bitcoin. Um, what do you think about the hash wars, the hash race? Well, I mean, if this were to come to fruition, if if Russia became a Bitcoin nation and took advantage of Bitcoin mining, I mean, it that that's it right there. I mean, step up, yeah. checkmate. You know, USA has to step up. I think I think it, we're in such a fascinating time. I never would have thought that these discussions would be happening. And you know that argument that some people think is just like so lofty and like I don't know, metaphysical. Like, oh, Bitcoin's energy bitcoin's digital energy well it it is literally energy because yeah. it is bitcoin mining <laughs> yeah like, you need the energy and where is the energy concentrated and who has the power over the energy and yeah. i think i think you know you're seeing this playing out across uh across europe and and russia and us usa's response to it yeah. and and our esg fud when, and issues when you say energy um you kind of said that kind of a little funny and a lot of people think i mean when you talk about like stored energy and mm-hmm. money being energy it sounds a little na na nu nu and a little yeah. philosophical but it's actually the way it is That's and true. if you don't understand it at that level then you don't actually understand the way the world is working and i, I think then you then if you don't understand that i mean sure you know how to go down to chick-fil-a and get your lunch but you don't understand where the world's really going or how to prepare for that and so um, energy sits at the base of everything if you think mm-hmm. about it going to chick-fil-a is putting calories in your body. Those calories are energy yes. that your body expends. So everything is energy. And so being able to store energy, um, being able to convert energy into something that could be stored. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, uh, it's an amazing breakthrough. It's pretty cool. Well, yeah. And we, we don't really think about money in that way. And we need to, because we don't realize that our cash is just sitting and having its battery essentially drained Yeah, because of what fed policy is doing. Yeah. And so it sits there and, you know, the other analogy that I've always loved is like that melting ice cube mm-hmm. where you have to do something with it. You have to risk it. And before Bitcoin, I mean, w- essentially, you just had to throw it into this asset bubble that they were creating. And and now we have something where hopefully if it catches on, if it catches on, yeah, <laughs> it might make sense to get okay. some in case it, it catches make, on. Exactly. Uh, you can store your, your monetary energy, the fruit of your labor for years and years and generations to come. I mean, I, I just think it's amazing that we've harnessed technology to do exactly that. Yeah. So, but yeah, but I did mean it in a, in a literal and a, and a, and a non-literal way. 
Bitcoin's energy. So um, I said at the beginning, it was, or when we first started, um, that it was El Salvador kind of coming on board mm-hmm. um, as the first nation, and then yeah. we'll start to see more coming on board. Um, a couple other things that happened this week. Um, obviously, we talked about Russia. That's another country. Um, but then we saw um, Turkey. So um, there was a funny story coming out of Turkey. So the president of Turkey, Ed- Edrogan, Edrogan. Erdogan. 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 Yeah. Sorry. Um, he met with President Bukele from yeah. El Salvador. Right. And uh, a lot of people are speculating what happened there. We saw that Turkey has actually restricted payments in crypto assets, um, but it has mm-hmm. massive financial problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see here the Turkish president uh, met Thursday with the leader of El Salvador, President Bukele, which was, of course, the first um, country to make Bitcoin legal. But Turkey has these massive problems. The Turkish lira lost 40% of its value against the dollar last year, mm-hmm. which was actually way understated. It actually lost way more than that. Right. And then that caused... Um, protests. Mm-hmm. I love, uh, where am I reading this from? Wall Street Journal, of course, um, sparked occasional protests of mostly peaceful people. They, <laughs> they, they didn't put the peaceful people part, uh, but it said sparked occasional protests and threatened financial stability in the country. No, it was, it was way worse mm-hmm. than that. And so they have these massive problems. The lira is just continuing to lose money. And so people are leaving as fast as they can dump, jumping into mm-hmm. cryptocurrencies, mm-hmm. like, like rats leaving a ship, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I think it's really sad what, what has happened and we're seeing hyperinflation in real time. And so, of course, people are going to flee to assets that they feel are safer, even if they're volatile. I mean, we just saw a draw, drawdown of 50 percent, Yeah. but their own currency is drawing down 50 percent. Or so, more. You know, yeah. uh, so I think, you know, something like Bitcoin could really save people that are in, in Turkey for sure. But the conversations with Bukele, you know, I find the whole all the headlines interesting because people want to connect the dots. Right. I know that El Salvador was there supposedly to discuss um, opportunities when it comes to tourism and investments. They're creating Surf City. Right. That right. this magical place that's not going to have any taxes yeah. and, and, and exist on, you know, Bitcoin and these bonds. But um, but I, I don't think that. That, that Bukele was actually there to, I don't know, get them on the Bitcoin standard because my understanding too is they never even talked about Bitcoin in that well, meeting. Well, that's that what they out. said. That's what they said. How could they not? How could they not talk about it? Well, isn't there a transcript of this meeting? Like, uh, I, I guess. I mean, I think that that, I don't think that that conversation went there. I think El Salvador is just looking for for economic opportunities. Um, and, and Like what, and, kind of, what, what kind of opportunities? Uh, well, w- with regards to just, I don't know, investment, loans, I don't know. So that's, that, right there. So that's the, that's where I think the key piece is, investments and loans. And so- Bonds. <laughs> boom. See, there you go. So you're digging a little bit deeper. I mean, the people that want to go to El Salvador for mm-hmm. Surf City or Bitcoin Beach are not the people that want to go to Turkey. I'll tell you that. Yeah. I've been to El Salvador many times surfing yeah. uh, before Bitcoin Beach, and I've been there for Bitcoin Beach as well. <laughs> I've never been to Turkey. <laughs> I've been to Turkey. Oh, have you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been to several cities in Turkey. How's Turkey? When I went, it was beautiful. I went to Istanbul. I went to the the famous mosque there. Uh, I also went on the coast, and it's beautiful. It's rich with history. Uh, I learned a lot about the Muslim faith, and it, it was a beautiful country. It certainly didn't have the issues with the currency when I went that it does now. But um, but a lot of those nations have have always struggled, and you know, uh, seeing what happened to the lira and seeing what's happening in places like Lebanon, it's it's easy to understand why people are fleeing to other places. Like I met people from Turkey and Lebanon when I went to Dubai recently, and it was exactly for the 
for economic freedom and for mm-hmm. economic opportunity that they fled because yeah. everyone's messing with their country's currency. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, no, I think I think it's going to be interesting what plays out. But I don't think I don't think Bukele orange pilled Erdogan. I don't know. I mean, I wish he did, but I don't think he did. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, there's so there's a there's another piece of it that, that I want to talk about, which is, as you said, um, some of this um, investment and bonds. And so what what um, what Bukele has done with El Salvador mm-hmm. is he's in, he's had a massive amount of investment capital come mm-hmm, in. So mm-hmm. um, not just because of the money, partly because of the money. But then he said, you know, no more mandates. Mm-hmm, yes. No more testing. Yeah. Uh, we're going to set up this Bitcoin city. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's going to be no taxes, no income taxes, no cap gains taxes. Mm-hmm. He said. Come make as much money as you want. Right. And so people are going there, investing their businesses, are moving there, et cetera. And other countries are going to notice. Um, I want to talk about um, what he's doing um, that's going against the IMF. Mm-hmm. And I think it's also the key piece that Turkey is interested in. Um, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're going to dig into those things. We're talking about Bitcoin and uh, cryptocurrencies. I'm in the studio with Nat Brunel at Nat Brunel on Twitter. Uh, we're going to find out more about what the IMF is doing. So don't go away. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, Take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com slash strategic. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. All right, welcome back. You're listening to The Mark Moss Show, and we're talking about Bitcoin and the decentralized revolution. I'm in the studio with Natalie Brunel. You can find her on Twitter, at Nat Brunel. And we've been talking about uh, nations continuing to jump onto Bitcoin. We talked about El Salvador. We talked about Russia flip-flopping back and forth. Will they do it? Will they won't? Um, We talked about what was going on in Turkey. And now um, back to that story. So um, I'm sure there was a transcript somewhere. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, I can't imagine they haven't talked about the IMF and, and Bitcoin. But what I do think is is, is possible is that what um, El Salvador is doing is in you know in 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 regards to getting the Bitcoin reserve mm-hmm. uh, or currency, um, they've also started this Bitcoin bond. Mm-hmm. And so the Bitcoin bond is a way for them to raise money mm-hmm. outside of the normal channels. Yes, and. Um, Another piece of this, which we'll talk about in a second, is what the IMF. So typically, the nation would have to go to the IMF mm-hmm. begging to give yes. me some money. The Bible says that the, the borrower is servant to the lender. And so the IMF <laughs> money always comes with strings attached. Of course. And so um, they're not happy about that. We'll talk about it in a minute. But um, Turkey, who's in some serious financial problems, their currencies are blowing up. Mm-hmm. And the president's trying to do anything he can to figure out how to do that. So he might have been talking about, how are you raising money without going with your hat in your hand to the IMF. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I, I don't know if that, that, I don't know what their conversation was about, but I will tell you that the articles that came out after that meeting said Bitcoin was not mentioned. So maybe that maybe that's not true. Maybe there was a closed door meeting that has no transcript, but um, obviously El Salvador, El Salvador needs- If you're, if you're talking about, uh, hey, here's what El Salvador's doing, here's mm-hmm. what Turkey's doing. If you're talking about, here's what El Salvador's doing, how could you not? mention it you could talk about hey we're raising money um on bonds without the imf Mm -hmm. but like you have to mention bitcoin right like how could you not right i mean mean, look at the article el salvador's president didn't mention bitcoin in his meeting with erdogan but did they did they mention how el salvador is raising money uh did they did they did they they mention why investment capital is coming to the country uh, did did they mention that the imf is coming after them right now trying to persuade them like like, i don't know (laughs) we need to see a transcript obviously because i don't i don't i I don't know the specifics of their conversation but obviously you know erdogan's in an economic crisis he wants to he wants to save uh himself and bukele obviously needs needs money needs capital to come into his country i i just what i like is right now bitcoin's price performance it's not doing great, right? Yeah. And we're in, we're in the midst of just kind of waiting to see what happens with the Fed at large, the central banks. But what I like and admire about him is that he's just standing his ground and basically standing up to sort of the bullies that are the IMF and these other nations uh, that are uh, criticizing Turkey or El Salvador. El Salvador. Yeah, yeah. El Salvador. You know, the credit rating agency like Moody's saying we're going to down downgrade you. Yeah. There's so much, you know, everyone's talking about the sovereign debt risk and uh, their their bonds, you know, their status has been, I think, downgraded, or at least they've they've threatened to downgrade El Salvador. Yeah. But he's basically saying, you know, all these other guys are hypocrites. Like, did you see his one tweet? I retweeted it. it says, um, I don't, I don't think he I goes, saw it. Okay, listen to this. His tweet game is strong. His his tweet. Okay, so f- this is actually I wanted to actually talk about this because I originally uh didn't like his McDonald's tweet. I was I kind of cringed at okay. it. I was like, 
this is a little too far for a president to be tweeting this when there's a significant drawdown and people are losing money in real time in a place where this isn't just a store of value. It's a medium of exchange. Mm, It's actively a a medium of exchange. So I was kind of like, you know, you're the president and now you're making fun and putting a meme hat on, you know, McDonald's, whatever. I changed my mind because of a follow up tweet that he said and he and it read this. Want to see hypocrisy? Look at the ones supporting a president who wants to go to war to boost his approval ratings, sending gas prices to the roof in the midst of a global inflation that will send hundreds of millions into poverty. But they're concerned about McDonald's jokes. Mm. And and it's kind of poignant and compelling because he's making a huge bet on uh, a global digital asset, a pristine technology network that he will never be able to manipulate, that he will never be able to control. And yes, it's a huge risk, especially right now, because it's a nascent like store of value and technology. And so it's extremely volatile, impacted by things like, you know, the liquidity in the markets and it, it performs some somewhat like equities, especially recently because of liquidity. And and he's just saying, look, this is this is going to help my country. This is going to help the people. And right now we might be seeing spikes of this and that. But like Surf City is just like the most progressive capitalistic idea for uh, a city that I've I've heard in years yeah. <laughs> that I've ever heard, you know, and if he's trying to spread that message kind of at large, you know, maybe not even talking about Bitcoin, but just this idea of economic freedom and bringing in capital and investing in your resources that your country naturally has. I think that's amazing. I think it's incredible. And I really, really respect and admire him. Yeah, I think it's definitely you have to have the long term perspective on that. So if you look at like China, um, President Xi is like now, I guess, made himself the leader for all eternity there. Um, But China is always like playing this long game, whereas the United States, you know, each president has this like four year time frame. And yeah. Um, Bukele is kind of doing some stuff that people call dictator because he's trying to make sure he stays in power for longer than he should. Um, but when you're trying to change to something like Bitcoin, you have to have this long term perspective. Mm-hmm. If you, you know, if he's judged on this, whatever this year's performance was, was and then mm-hmm. Bitcoin is down, like all of a sudden, you know, it's 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 not good for him. But on a on another note, I'm um, back to back to El Salvador, but on a bigger note, um, <clears throat> this week we saw the IMF urges El Salvador to eliminate. Bitcoin as legal tender. Mm-hmm. Like, like what? Like, first of all, um, well, let me read this here. The International Monetary Fund urged El Salvador on Tuesday to eliminate the quality of legal tender um, of Bitcoin while expressing its, quote, concern about the issuance of cryptocurrency-backed bonds that the country's government plans. Um, first of all, it's not cryptocurrency-backed bonds, it's Bitcoin-backed bonds. Mm-hmm. Um, so far, Bukele has not responded to the IMF's demands. <laughs> He doesn't even know in response. It says, in November, he rejected a report from the body warning of the underlying risks for the country. Um, Bukele not only ignored the agency's recommendation, but also responded <laughs> with a mocking tone. Um, and he says, the adoption of Bitcoin as a currency generates a series of macroeconomic, financial, and legal issues that require very careful analysis. Um, so the IMF is saying, hey, 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 this... It creates legal issues that require careful analysis. Um, shouldn't people just be able to use whatever they want as money? Like, hey, Natalie, would you uh, would you ta- would you trade me for this bottle of water? Would you trade me for this phone? Or could I provide my labor? Like, shouldn't we be able to just freely exchange whatever we want and whatever you consider money or uh, medium exchange should be good? 
I mean, in theory, but how are they going to tax that? How are they going to watch you do that and take some of it and, mm. and know what you're doing? I mean, this is all about what you mentioned earlier. It's that power. And they're scared. They're scared of losing the power that they have, the prerogative and, and the, the monopoly over yeah. money and over being able to control what, what their citizens do. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, of course they're running scared. First yeah. of all, I don't think they fully understand it. Um, certainly the media outlets that cover all maybe, of this don't understand it. Or maybe they it. do understand it better. They understand that it can get away from them. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 true, but I still think maybe it's the media then that, that doesn't fully understand it because when the media covers this and they conflate cryptocurrencies with Bitcoin right, and all right, of that right. and they don't bring in the points that they really need to about Bitcoin – and why this network exists and the problem that it's supposed to fix. Like it kind of just, it, you know, I just, I feel like so much gets lost between the headlines. Yeah. And um, the IMF is going to continue to do this. And if another nation adopts it, which apparently Max Kaiser knows the second nation that's going to legalize Bitcoin, yeah, sure. um, you know, the IMF is going to come out against them too. And, and like we talked about earlier, this is a huge risk because it's so volatile right now. Yeah. I mean, imagine... Worst case scenario, you know, the, the the Fed's credibility is lost and all of a sudden the credit starts to unwind and yeah. we m slide into some massive deflationary bust. You don't think that'll hit Bitcoin? Of, of course, course it, will. it will hit yeah. Bitcoin. And then what? Like, what if the price were to draw down at some point to 10K? You know, Michael Saylor and El Salvador went in in the 30s and 40s as their average price. Like, what happens? Like, yeah. this could really be tested over the next couple of years. But yeah. ultimately, I mean... This is going to bring economic prosperity in the long run. So. Yeah, you have to play the long game. I, but I, I would agree that's probably one of the biggest risks is if the price stays depressed for a prolonged period of time, mm -hmm. it could be very bad. And it would prevent the next country from coming on board. You're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about Bitcoin. If you if you haven't already caught on by now, um, I'm in the studio with Natalie Burnell talking about some of the hottest breaking news of the week. Uh, we'll be back with more. Don't go away. All right. Welcome back. You're listening to The Mark Moss Show talking about Bitcoin the decentralized revolution that's happening. I'm in the studio with uh, Natalie Brunel. You can find her on Twitter at Nat Brunel. Um, you should definitely give her a follow and uh, check out her interview series, her podcast. What is that? Coins, uh, Coin, Coin Stories. Stories. Coin Stories. I was just on that last week. So uh, at a minimum, go watch my interview with uh, yes. Natalie. Uh, Coin so Stories. Just check it out on uh, your podcast player or on YouTube as well. She does. Uh, she has some really good questions. Thank you. Uh, but I'm asking the questions this time because <laughs> you're on my show. Um, but... Um, you know, one thing we were talking about um, earlier was that, um, you know, understanding, I always say all the time, understanding Bitcoin is very difficult because it's so many different things. Mm -hmm. um, and I look at it as like this thread that kind of permeates every area of life. Yeah. And it intersects all of our lives a little bit differently. Yeah. Um, for me, I kind of look at kind of a little more of kind of like a, from a human action. I'm like this Austrian lens and this uh -huh. human yeah. action, which is, I don't want to say political, social, kind of societal, maybe we can call mm -hmm. it that. And we talked about, uh, we were talking about earlier about, you know, all these problems. You were an investigative uh, reporter before and all these problems and how Bitcoin kind of yeah. keeps being the answer for this. Yeah. Um, and I was looking at some stories this week and um, I w the world has been continuing to, well, it seems like the world's coming out of these lockdowns, but then some of the world is still trying to go in them. And I was looking at this story happening in Canada, our neighbors up to the north, mm -hmm. and there's like 50,000 um truckers heading up there like 1.5 million people um trying to show like hey this isn't what we want this is supposed to be a democracy <laughs> like mm -hmm. we're voicing our opinions and then you have like trudeau comes on the news and says these people are fringe they don't represent uh mm -hmm. canadians like well, that's 1.5 million people voicing their mm -hmm. concerns um go fund me 
stole their money. Almost $5 million was donated. Oh, I didn't know that. $5 million. Well, they froze it. What would you call that? People gave it to them and they GoFundMe didn't give it. That's horrible. I don't know. I don't know. I call it stealing. I mean, whatever. Um, That's a big problem. Mm -hmm. And like, how do you unravel that? Right. But like, I look at it like, well, you have one guy, central planner, saying mm-hmm. he these 1.5 million people telling us what they want are fringe, and we we don't mm-hmm. we don't listen to that. We only listen to these people who we approve. Mm-hmm. How does Bitcoin impact a situation as big as that? Well, it's interesting, right? Because now you can look at pretty much any crisis that is unfolding in society at large or in any country. And you can find how Bitcoin might fix or address right. some of the issues, which is what, kind of what I love about yeah. Bitcoin, right? Um, and so in this case, like I think what's central to it is this idea of freedom. Um, they have taken so much economic freedom from us. And now in response to the pandemic and in order to kind of, um, <laughs> in order to, like reach the goals that they have in order to, I think, have more and more control and more power. And they claim that it's for our good, that that their intentions are so great. You know, they're really ripping away people's fundamental freedoms. And I think how how are we ever going to get out of this pandemic if we just continue these these mandates and expect everyone to just, you know, shut down their lives, shut down their businesses, impact every aspect of their economic life? in order to please whatever central body is bringing these roles down. Yeah. I mean, and it's like these central bodies, they've gotten so big. I was, uh, I did this talk with, um, with Congressman or former Congressman oh, Ron yeah. Paul the other day. And I was talking about how, um, basically you have the government and, uh, freedom and mm-hmm. they're on opposite ends. And so the yeah. bigger the government gets, right. The less freedoms we have. And the more freedoms we have, the smaller the government has to get kind yep. of thing. Yeah. And so I showed a chart um, from our friends over at WTF happened in 1971, oh, yeah. which you should go check out that website. Great um, website. Ben and uh, Heavily Armed Clown did that. Um, but um, it showed how since 1971, the amount of pages in the Federal Registrar has gone up like a rocket ship. <laughs> I mean, the amount of regulations and laws they put in of place. Course. And so we just have this ever increasing, ex- ever expanding government. government. Yeah. And you have all these politicians, they're legislators. And mm-hmm. what do legislators do? They legislate. Mm-hmm. So all they do is sit there and write laws all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's the way that I look at it. It's like uh, we can sit there and pick, oh, what about this mandate or this lockdown? But really it's just representative of this. The government has just continued to get bigger, 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 bigger because mm-hmm. they have this money printer. And they yeah. just keep printing, 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 printing. Right. If they had, if the government actually had to live on a budget off of right. real tax revenue, right. exactly. they'd be way smaller. Exactly. No, I saw this. Um, I saw this really great chart. In fact, I'm going to pull it up for you just so it, we, at least we can talk about it because I saved it from Twitter. And it's uh, it shows how much we have in terms of our tax revenue and then the revenue per citizen compared to our debt and our liabilities, our unfunded liabilities. And I mean, just look at that. Like, it's already over. We are insolvent. We've allowed the debt bubble to explode. I read those numbers. So hard, so, so you fast. You showed me, but... Okay, so else. it says our U.S. federal tax revenue is $4 trillion. Uh, the revenue per citizen is $12,000 compared to 
U.S. national debt, $29 trillion. Debt per citizen, 89000 Debt per taxpayer, $238,000. And then the U.S. unfunded liabilities are $163 trillion liability per citizen, 492 I mean, you got to laugh. It's like- $163 trillion. Yeah. Like, what is that? <laughs> I mean, we can never pay it back. We yeah. will never pay it back. Now we have negative yielding bonds. We This is, it's over. I talked about this yeah. with Greg Foss on my show. It's already over. They can move the pieces around the chessboard or, you, you know, you, you mentioned on my the show, reset. like reset of, you know, you, you got, you have nothing left. You have no moves left. So yeah. you got to reset. It's over. And they kept kicking the can down the road and they ballooned the balance sheet. And I, I get it. Yeah. Good intentions in response to the pandemic, but it's game over now. Yeah, it's good intentions. And so a lot of people listening are like, but I but I need these government programs. Like it helped me go to school or it helped me to start my job or it's given me retirement. And I get that. And it, and it has done a lot of good things. And so to your point, good intentions. I get it, right? And we can pick any one of these. But a lot of people have benefited from, you know, uh, government assistance in housing or whatever, Medicaid, whatever it may be. There's lots of things that it maybe has done good, but at what cost, Right. At what, what's the cost-benefit analysis of this? So at the cost of society breaking down, like if you go back to that website, um, WTF happened in 1974 or se- 71. <laughs> <laughs> WTF happened in 1971. Um, I, in my talk with Ron Paul, I showed, I think, six charts. And at, ni- oh, at, yeah. at 1971, oh, and then the, shoots the, 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 uh, the uh, unwed mothers, whoosh, Took yep. off like a hockey stick. The uh, two people working uh-huh. took off like a hockey stick. The incarceration rate, yeah. the obesity rate, mm-hmm. the amount of money spent on medical bills. Yeah. Like that that's society breaking down. Yes. So while I get it, while some people have definitely benefited, good, good, good intentions as you will, it's at what cost? Well, and how much more would they have benefited if it was a free market based on sound money and that real price so hard, signals yeah, and real in. interest rates? Like, we don't even know what the price of a real bond is nowadays. I mean, we've we've distorted and manipulated everything so much that, you know, I made this analogy on one of the shows I was on. We're now like like an airplane flying without an altimeter and we're about to crash into the mountain and we will never we don't know if we're going up or down. Right. We don't know if anything is like, oh, inflation's good. No, it's not. Like yeah. we've, but we've, we've never lived outside of this system. So we can't even imagine anything out of it. It's the Bitcoiners that have imagined something out of it that have like ventured out of the walls of the garden and they have found Yosemite and this fertile land that we can plant a new, you know, we could create a new financial yeah. order on. And we're telling everyone, come out of your box, come outside of the walls and join us because this is freedom. This is like us at our core, yeah. who we are supposed to be as humans. And yes, you mentioned good intentions but it's like these little changes that if you had just allowed the market to function in that austrian economic way yeah it probably would have solved so many more problems and and things would have worked itself out malinvestments would have worked themselves out as opposed to ballooning the debt and put kicking the 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 debt and the burden to future generations yeah. the way that these programs that are supposed to help you like social security and all of that yeah it, it hurts the people down the road yeah yeah, it's the cobra effect. If you guys don't know what that is, spend a second and Google that story. It's about the cobras in India. Um, but that's what happens. It's unintended consequences. Hold on. Um, my, uh, you know, well, I'm not going to get into this whole story. We don't have time for that. Um, but yeah, the unintended consequences, they, they're good things, but at what cost to society? Yeah. Um, what I would say, some people think that uh, Bitcoin can't work with a fixed supply. So I would just ask you to ask yourself the question, would you rather your money buy you more goods and services in the future or less? 
So you can think about that. Thanks for listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about Bitcoin, cryptocurrencies, and the decentralized revolution. Hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for listening. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms.